Oh, I see. You're so big and handsome and wonderful. I'm so glad now that you are the proper host of Game Life Balance Australia. Well, thank you very much, Rob. Yes, I am the new host of Game Life Balance Australia. And I... Oh, hey, oh God. Rob. Rob's here. He, What's going on? Uh, uh, cut. Cut. I'm Kier from In Defense Of, a podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Hello, all you lovely people in... Wait a minute, were you actually going to do this without me? Mm-hmm. What, can't speak? Mm-hmm. Can't got your tongue? Mm-hmm. It's almost like you need me to introduce you mm-hmm. to Game Life Balance Australia, episode 59. I'm your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by a scurrilous cad, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. I don't have a comeback for that one because I am a scurrilous cad. <laughs> This, the most scurrilous man I know. This is, this is funny because we were almost not going to record tonight. Mm-hmm. It was um, we've both had very busy, very rough weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob's at the end of his tether. Yes, I, I have a, him on an actual physical tether. I'm at the end of it. He's at the end of it. I keep reeling it in. He keeps he keeps stretching it. It's around his neck, and and poor old Robbie. He was uh, he was coming around tonight thinking. Geez, I don't know if I want to do this. I just don't know if I have it in me. I've just, you know, I've been, I've been at the doctors and just, just, I've got, I've got ACIitis, terrible, terrible disease. <laughs> yes. And then I showed you Turkish Star Wars, and by gum, you perked right up. Yeah, that's right. It seems that's what I needed. That's the inspiration that I needed to do this podcast, well, which, which has a striking similarity to Turkish Star Wars in any way. <laughs> in that ninety percent of our elements are stolen. That's right. And the rest are incredibly badly acted. Yeah. Yeah, like the fact that I just like play Raiders of the Lost Ark soundtrack underneath <laughs> the vast majority of the episodes that I've released to the public. Oh, we're going to talk about Turkish Star Wars a little bit later on in the episode, but mm-hmm. we've got a bit of a different one for you today. It's kind of impromptu because, as I said, we weren't sure if we were going to record or not. Yes. Um, Our we- normal levels of preparation. Now, like, <laughs> you know, which is like five minutes. The meticulous preparation that we do for these episodes. Uh, we don't have that today, so... No, it's fair to say that we don't. So it might be a bit of a weird one, but um, we're here, we're doing it anyway, mm-hmm. despite everything that's happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and we've actually got a bit of a different one for you. We are not going to be reviewing a video game per se. Mm. We are going to be re- reviewing a handheld... Uh, what do you call it, like a mechanical Yeah, game? electromechanical handheld by Tommy from 1979. Witness the sound of what handheld gaming was like in 1979. Yep, and that will keep going for about like five or ten minutes, depending on how good you are. <laughs> At Hit and Missile, our featured game for the week. Yeah, it's such a weird thing. Um, and it's not to say that we haven't been playing games. Uh, well, I mean, okay, we haven't been playing that many games. Uh, we'll get to that later on in the episode as well. But we have played a couple of games today. Yes. But I picked up something rather odd today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't even sure what it was when I was looking at it. Because I went to a garage sale uh, in... In Nunawal, yes. your old suburb. Mm-hmm. My old stomping ground. Yep. And uh, this was an odd one because they had a lot of kind of alcohol paraphernalia, like, you know, stuff that probably looked classy in the late 70s, early 80s, like like <laughs> thin glass and thin kind of wooden chests where you open them up and it has like a, a chain around it that says scotch and another one that says brandy, <laughs> except there's always one piece missing. Right. Yep. It was lots of those kinds of things. And there was a bottle of opened vodka, which I'm pretty sure is not, you're not meant to sell that. So I'm going to... It's a real classy, classy affair. No, no, what's a no, no, So, um... I've got like a half-drank bottle of VB if you want to buy it. (laughs) This is, I mean, I don't know whether this, it was like, like sky blue vodka. I don't know. I 
not sure. I think it was a Finnish brand, but um, <laughs> it's just so weird to sell like something that's half consumed. It's not. It was. It was like a fifth, or maybe at most a quarter consumed. And he goes, "Oh yeah, mate, good price on that one. I'm good. Oh, ten bucks on that one, mate. You have it for ten. And like, I just, I just don't trust. An open bottle of vodka. And he said, it's the real thing. And I went, I'm sure if I sniff it, I'll either say, yes, it's the real thing or pass out because it's actually chloroform. Oh, God. <laughs> and has Tintin villains at it again. <laughs> I knew you'd bring up Tintin. I had to get it in, I see. And I just, I'm not going to lie to you, Robbie. Mm. I was tempted. I was tempted to buy cheap vodka <laughs> from a guy at a garage sale that was half consumed. The price is right, you know. Uh, and the chat started was real vodka and it was just... I don't. I just couldn't what? do it. Like my conscience got the better of me, and I just went, no, 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 no. What no, strikes no, no, me no, is no. just like what level of desperation do you have to be at, where you're like, <laughs> well, this is only half a bottle of milk, but you know, I'll sell it for twenty cents, and here's a packet of crisps that I only had a few, <laughs> a few bites out of. <laughs> but this is alcohol. It's what fuels my entire existence. <laughs> Without it, I'll die. You are, you are very much sort of like a alcohol fueled car <laughs> in a lot of ways. Some for me, some for the car. Yeah. So anyway, behind the bottle of open $10 vodka, mm-hmm. they had this thing standing upright and I didn't know what it was. I thought it looked like it was like a battery tester or something. Mm. It's got like a big circular sort of screen. It takes up about more or less half the real estate of um, of the device. Mm. And what would you say that that's, it's kind of like the size of a large... Kind like of a, hardback novel? Yeah, like a Betamax or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind you of know like similar to like a, a production Betamax tape. Yeah. If you don't know what a Betamax is, I really don't want to describe that now, <laughs> despite the fact that I could tell you exactly what a Betamax tape is. Um, but it's got what looks to be like a radar. Yes. On it. And a big red dial and another big red button. And that a whole bunch of fire. It's actually got a lot of dial. It's very it dial. A dial, yeah. Dial rich. So this is what passed for handheld gaming in 1979. This mm. is by Tommy, mm-hmm. um, who were quite famous. If you ever remember seeing like a little, uh, it was like a toy car with a little steering wheel and a little uh, fast and slow lever mm. on it. The car lit up and you could you could turn it to avoid obstacles. Yes. That was also by Tommy and I think a lot of other companies ripped it off as well. I want to say they later went on to make like some LCD handhelds that were like decent compared to the Tiger. I think they, they did, were like yeah. They were like a tier up. I think, yeah. I think, yeah. I think they've been in, that, in the toy space for quite a while. And they're, yeah. they're still quite popular in Japan. They do a Lego ripoff over there as well. Hmm. Um, so this has a timer, which is like a 60 second timer. That's how long your games last, yep. right? There's a yeah. fire button. There is a big red wheel which moves your bottom, if you kind of think space invaders, uh, of like a, a little, I suppose it's like it's a... It's like a little scud launcher type yeah, of deal. Yeah, a little scud launcher that goes back and forth across the bottom of the screen. Mm. And then another dial which will turn automatically to let you know what your score is. And it's yeah. only two digits. Yes. And depending on what happens... Um, you'll get a score based on what you hit the lower t- lower tier or the upper tier. Yeah, and it, the closest analogy that I can think of is a Space Invaders type of thing because yeah. the enemies are sort of scrolling from left to right and enemies, by enemies I mean like they're sort of like, like Cold War era, like bombers, helicopters, um, jet kind fighters. Kind of biplanes almost. Yeah, they're yeah. sort of anachronistic, like they look like they've got propellers, some of them. So um, you're all meant to stop the invaders, but the clever thing about this... yeah. Is that um, the invaders, like, this is not, there's no LCD involved here. Yeah, this is purely this is purely mechanical. Yeah. <clears throat> with, ele- you know, electrical components. So that's why I'm saying electromechanical. Mm. Even though I'm not sure if that's the right phrase to use, that's what it certainly reminds me of. Yeah. But these are printed onto film. Yes. Where everything else is blacked out except for the enemy aircraft. Yeah. Now, when you press the fire button, Mm -hmm. a red LED actually fires up Mm. and you can turn it from left to right so you can kind of steer the missile as it's going for the plane. Yeah, it's this glowing red missile, which looks quite... That's the part that I'm still, like, kind of interested in, like, how they did it. Um, I'm not not sure if it's an LED. Everything behind mm. here might be blacked out aside from a little hole where it's red. And if you hit a plane... Mm. 
it will actually like have like an explosion. Everything will stop, and it'll the the timer will tick over. Like your points will tick over. Like you like you heard in in the introduction. Yeah, yeah. So I got to say, it's a very clever device. Yes, it's impressive in the way that like it's it's when you when you're watching it happen. It's not electronic, but it's electrical. It's amazing what they did. Yeah, with without having digital you know technology in there. It's it's kind of impressive in a weird way it's also like you know obviously like anachronistic in a massive way like, oh yeah yeah uh it's 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 one of those things where you look at it and you're like well, this is from the past <laughs> you know it is it's just un- un- unmistakably uh because they did start having uh lcd games like game and watch and there was also even one called the microvision which mm-hmm. was made by milton bradley where you could interchange cartridges oh, wow. the cartridges were also part of the screens Okay. So that was probably the first interchangeable handheld cartridge game. But they were moving towards electronic games. Like they had electronic baseball mm. back then, which was just like little flashing LEDs. Mm. And little electronic uh, like Simon, like Simon Says. Okay. Uh, made, they had like a version made from Atari as well. And this was just one of those odd things that was so close to being something that you'd see in the arcade. Yes. But just was so far removed at the same time it was it's kind of i don't know it's kind of like a handheld pinball game in in some the kind of the the technology used inside of that to make things light up and jump around is probably what's inside this poor thing yeah it certainly feels like they were they wanted to make it feel like a video game though Mm. like i think they were trying to mimic Exactly. A video game. That's exactly what they were trying to do with the screen. And you can even see the, the role of film in there. Yeah. And the fact that this thing, like, when I got this thing this morning, it was covered in filth and it was wet. Mm. Like, wow, okay. Because camera mornings are cold here. How long this thing had been in storage for, I don't know. I mm. had low hopes for it. I got it home, cleaned it up, let it dry, popped some batteries in, and I thought, oh, something might light up or something might. But it, it started clunking. And then... There you go. And it, and it still worked. Now, I think there might be one problem with this in that mm. the um, the Scud missile launcher and the um, the planes up the top, I think, might be lit up in the original, like, fully working version. Sure. They're just white in this one. Yeah. Uh, and that might be something I can fix. But, you know, I got this for a couple of bucks. Yeah. And I'm actually quite happy with it. You it's know? pretty it's, cool. It's actually, like, this really weird sort of thing from the past. Yeah. And it, it comes with the original instructions, which are just, like, a giant silver sticker on the back. Yeah, yeah. Which are, to begin, set the timer by turning the timer reset dial to the position marked S. Reset the score readout to zero. And that's the, the score down the bottom. Right, yes. Yeah. So you, yep. you can easily cheat, I should say, by just like dialing up the score. Yeah, it's not like it's going to remember your best game. It's an honor system, basically. Yeah. Turn the power switch on and the enemy aircraft will fly overhead. Now press to pursue the enemy aircraft by aiming the missile control dial. That's all capitalized, missile control dial. That's like, that's like copyrighted. Yep. <laughs> Push the fire button on your missile and it goes on the attack. You can control the missile in flight, which is pretty cool, by turning the missile control dial left and right until it hits the target. Hit the low-flying aircraft and your score registers automatically on the digital... Okay, that's a lie. Score readout. That is not... Well, it's digital in the sense that it has digits. (laughs) You know, like it uses numbers. Yeah, it's not electro-digital. It's not electronic. It is literally just one of those, like, it will turn automatically. It's got numbers on it. It's a dial. Yeah. Uh, guide your missile to the faster, higher flying planes for a higher score. Play until the timer runs out. Reset the time and score readout and play again. Nice. So, Rob, this is such an odd piece of technology it from is. such a long... Like, this is made before you and I were even born. That's right. It's two years older than us. Would you recommend people play this today? <laughs> what a weird question. It is a weird look, question, isn't it? Look, man... If you, <laughs> I can't even answer that. If you come across something like this, you kind of owe it to yourself to check it out because it is such a weird thing. Like, and it it's sort of what interests me about it is like the lengths to which people went back then to bring an arcade like video game experience into the home. Uh, you know, it's it's noisy. It's it's clunky. It's clunky. Um, it doesn't 
work particularly well. And I, I wonder whether even when it was new, if it worked particularly well. I think all the parts in there that are functional function in the way that they're meant to function. Yeah, it's doing what it's meant to do. Yeah, basically. Uh, but man, it's 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 kind of cool. There's something like... You were playing this before and you yeah. didn't stop playing it while I went and got everything ready. No, like the, the word retro is thrown around a lot these days, but this is the most retro thing that you possibly own, apart from maybe the Vectrix, you know? like Yeah, the Vectrix. I own a Pong console. Uh, yes, console. the Pong console, yeah. Which but this is, this is up there. Before? This mm. is like on a par with those in terms of just being such an... Uh, a blast from the past. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of love it. I kind of do, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of want to recommend they I don't know. I feel weird saying that. It's okay. It's what, okay. what about you? Uh, I, if, if you ever see one of these or your mate has one of these for whatever reason, mm. I think you owe it to the history of gaming just to give it a go for 60 mm. seconds. Yeah. That's just, all you need. Yeah. You only need to play it once. But to, to put this into a bit of perspective... This is like if you lay a um, a Game Boy down horizontally, it's about the same thickness as a Game Boy. Yes. And then it's like two and a half Game Boys all stacked on each other. Yeah. This thing is a solid piece of plastic. It's chunky. You could probably kill a man with this. You, I Don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> like some of the paint's worn off, but you know what everything does. There's a big red fire button. Yeah. There's a missile control button. There's a, a timer there is a counter, it is your score, and you can see all the moving parts, and you can see the film inside, but it's got a charm to it. Yeah, it's charming, yes. It's, it's kind of kitschy and charming and stuff. And yeah. if, even if you only play one of these once, and you go, wow, this is what life was like before gaming, mm. and you think, this is this game is even better than some of the early Game Boy games. Oh, for you sure. Know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is... This is fun. It's visceral. It's it's just got uh, just such an interesting charm to it. So mm. I'm just saying that if you ever see one of these at a garage sale for a couple of bucks, yep, I reckon you should nab it and also get that ten dollar bottle of half drunk vodka <laughs> as well while you're at it. <laughs> so Robbie, and it's kind of weird that a, a lot of people will note that mm. I have started calling you Robbie a lot more recently. Sure, and that I don't know whether you've noticed. I think you have. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you were Robert for a long time, and then you were Rob, because, mm-hmm. you know, we all, we all got cool. You were Rob, I was AC mm-hmm. in, in high school and, and college. We stayed cool, baby. Oh, yeah. No, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> um, and you were Rob for a long time until I had a kid, and then we started calling you Uncle Robbie. And mm-hmm. and ever since I started doing that, I've been calling you Robbie on the podcast a lot more, and <laughs> I just don't... I like it. But it's not you, but at the same time, you're still kind of Uncle Robbie. I don't really have any preference, like, when it comes to nicknames and things like that. Like, people often ask me, like, what do you prefer, Rob, Robert, Robbie? And I'm just like, I don't know. I think Bob, you hate Bob. Yeah, Bob is off limits. Yeah. That, that much is... And that's because, like, people at primary school used to call me Bob to, like, torment me. So, yeah, that one. That one's out. Um, but uh, when, I, when, when people ask me for my name, I always say Robert. Yeah. So I guess I'm pretty formal. Um, but but yeah. But what you got to remember is that um, that my daughter, mm. uh, the illustrious May Alana Yoshimura, uh-huh. has yeah, the, the uh... cutest voice mm-hmm. ever in the history of babies. She does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, what nope. did she call me? Goes because she we we every time we say oh Uncle Robbie's coming she goes Uncle Robbie <laughs> Uncle Robbie <laughs> and then so tonight cute. she was going to bed and we said what are you saying she goes. Good night, Uncle Abby. Oh. And like your heart, I could just look at you and your heart melted. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. It was pretty sweet. It's just nice to think that this like little kid like knows who I am and like is sort of like vaguely fond of me in some weird level. Well, you're you at know? my fucking house every two weeks to record this I'm thing. Probably so one yeah. of the, I'm probably one of the more important <laughs> people in her life, weirdly. <laughs> when you think about it for a moment, that's kind of strange. Um but, you know, our daughters do have playdates together. Yeah. You know, we, we go out and, you know, we try and get our babies to socialize, For which sure. in my case is pretty important because May, I'm not sure, has the complete concept of what other kids are. It's like kind of small, vaguely human shaped. I don't know what she thinks because of her sight <laughs> impairment. Like, it's a weird sort of thing to think about. Yeah. I'm sure she has, like, constructed her own, like, sort of way of understanding I it. I think she's got know? her own narrative in yeah. her brain of, like, these are big humans these are tiny humans yeah, yeah i am other human i don't know i don't know how she thinks but that's kind of what i think she thinks yeah like on some level the human brain just like creates reality like yeah. creates like 
something that they can cling on to. Decompartmentalizes things into their own category and and relates them to each other. We want to make sense of like the universe, even though like on some level it's like really difficult to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's exactly what humans do. Yeah, yeah. So what have you been up to? Man, I've been I've been crazy busy. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah, I've been w- working a lot on essays um, for my my studies, uh, my astrology studies. Um, I've been doing like work is really intense right now. It's a shame I can't talk about that because it's it's kind of interesting, but unfortunately uh, I can't mention it on air. No, um, but that's been ra- it's been ramping up a bit at work. Let's say um, it's, it's one of those funny things. That- it's just, I, I especially can't talk about my work because it's like. There are ramifications. Yeah, yeah. Like in like if I was working in a different department of the government, I could talk about it and the worst thing that would happen would be I lose my job. But but like in this job, if I talk about things, not only do I lose my job, but other stuff happens. Yeah. Um and so, that is the thing. Like yeah. this is why like we, we call ourselves game life balance. Yeah. And we do like to talk about our lives and of course it comes from work-life balance that's yeah. obviously the the origin of the phrase yeah it's sort of a, a constant bugger for me because I, I really do want to like occasionally just like like whine about my job or like yeah. just give people an insight into what i do for most of like most of my waking hours um but i can't do that unfortunately so you know and i you- work for some shadowy organization you'll never know them what's happening um <laughs> It's not as cool as that. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, we, we talk about, like, this is some clandestine, you know, spy shit or something. And it's, it's not that at it's all. Like it's, that. Re- it's like the most bureaucratic thing you can think of. Yeah. It's just that we're involved very bureaucratically deep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I could perhaps say that there's, like, a legal aspect to what I do. And that's probably all I can yeah. say. Uh, so, your job's been consuming most of your time. Yeah, and then and- outside of job... When I come home from work, I'm like a dad a lot of the time. And then when I get home from being a dad at like nine o'clock at night, eight thirty at night, I like hop on the computer and write essays for a few hours. And then if I'm still, if I still have any energy left at all, I flop on the couch and watch Netflix. So there's not been a lot of gaming happening, unfortunately. Um, I actually started to get, and I mentioned this to you earlier, but it's worth probably mentioning to the folks at home. Yeah, it's a bit of a PSA. Because, you know, people love to, like, pry into our lives. This is 2018. It's what we do, right? We put our lives on the internet for everyone else to enjoy. What I like about this is that you actually, like, everyone else puts their lives on Twitter or on Facebook. But you have to actually fucking listen to us to, yeah. to know about our lives. Like, you've got to tune in to see oh, yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. What's going to happen to AC and Rob next week? Same <laughs> bad times. Same bad channels. This, in a lot of ways, this show is like a melodrama serial. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Yeah, perils it, of Pauline, you know. It's yeah. it's kind of weird because, like, whatever happens in our life is kind of on a delay on the podcast. Yeah. Like, we don't talk about it immediately. We need to find out yeah. what the ramifications are first and kind of process it ourselves. And then we say, yeah, look, this is obviously public knowledge now. Yeah, yeah. So what has been happening for me is uh, I have started to get really, like, bad chest pains earlier this week. Um, every time I inhaled and exhaled, it would hurt. And, you know... That's what basically what you do. Yeah, you don't realise how often you inhale and exhale until it hurts every time you do it. Um, so, Rob told me this during the week on, yeah. on, on our chat program line. Mm-hmm. And I just went, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Rob, you're going to have a heart... Oh, man, I'm going to have to find someone else to run the show. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's your number one concern. <laughs> damn it. I, I didn't actually nurse. think that. I'm yeah. not that bad of a person. I was actually yeah. quite concerned. No. It, it, yeah, to be fair, he was quite lovely. Um, the, the thing is... Um, yeah, so I had really bad chest pain. It was on my right-hand side of my of my chest. So I was, like, initially worried that it was some sort of, like, lung cancer thing because I have smoked a lot in the past. I was, um, I was the one who helped you get off cigarettes originally. Yes. Um, I used to smoke many a cigarette, and we won't talk about other things. But what happened <laughs> is... So I went to the doctor because I was like, you know, this is a problem. This could I, be bad. I'm at that age now. Like, if I was 20 and this happened, I would have been like, meh. But I'm, like, 37 or turning 37 soon. So... You know, at this age, it's like, you know, potentially you can get, like, life-threatening illnesses at this age. Yeah, yeah, So, I was concerned. I went to the doctor. He, you know, like, gave me the once-over, um, like, you know, pro- poked and prodded, like, literally around my chest, mm. listened to my chest and everything. And he was like, I can't hear anything that would indicate, like, a growth or a tumor or any kind of pneumonia, any problem with your lungs. You're not having a heart attack because so, that happens yeah. a lot quicker than I should probably get this checked out two days later, go get it checked out. Yeah. Cause like for one thing is on my right hand side, which like for most people that means that it's not your heart. Yeah. I mean, there are people whose heart is more central mm. than, than, than others, 
but for most of it, it's on their left hand side. So, um, and I didn't have a cold. I didn't have like cold like digits in my hand or anything like that. You know, so um, he felt like it was probably muscular because uh, because like he poked and prodded like on my chest and, yeah. and there was like some sore spots. So he thought it might have been like a muscular thing, but he said like it also could be stress related. I'd say it's most likely stress related because when, yeah, well it, it turns out it's very much that mm. because like well when he said that I, I was like you know what that sounds very plausible because I'm very very stressed right now <laughs> and I sort of rattled off like you know all the shit that I'm going through like you know broken up with my wife you know studying while working and being a single dad and everything he's like yep that sounds like the perfect combo for like stressing you out um, and then the next day I woke up. I still had chest pains. And then what's weird is that the day following, it kind of migrated to the left. And then it migrated Ooh. around to the back. And that's when I realized this is almost certainly stress. because Or a gold from Stargate. Yeah, you know, like, Those things like to burrow in deep inside you. Yeah, chest burster perhaps. I mean, <laughs> but like, because it was shifting around, I was like, well, this is not physical. This is... Well, like, yeah. the weird thing about stress is that like it does actually affect you physically. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not... It's yeah. not just it's not just in your head. Like you're not imagining being in pain. You are in pain. Mm. Um so that prompted me to sort of recognize like, okay, shit, like I need to like do things to reduce how stressed I am, or this is probably only only gonna get worse. So what did you do to relieve stress? Well, very little actually, because that's other kept- than like, you know, your one hand incidents in the shower. I can- <laughs> hey man, you gotta get by, man. You gotta <laughs> You gotta do yours. Sometimes right? I say things that Rob is just not expecting. That was one of those things. Dude, I'm not gonna deny that shit. <laughs> I'm a human being, right? I don't have a wife. Like, what am I gonna do? <laughs> you know? Um, anyway. I did build you that robot hand. <laughs> Sometimes I just sit on my hand for a bit and. <laughs> oh, God. No. Okay. Uh, I've never done that. Spin on, spin on. Look, I, I'm, I'm a weirdo and I'm a perverted freak, but I had never done that. <laughs> so, what, what I did do was actually very little because like I, I kind of have to these essays are due uh, in two days time we're recording this they're due on Monday I have yeah. to get them done I have to go to work I have to be a dad so what I kind of realized is that like I can't actually reduce the stuff that's coming at me that is making me stressed but what I can try to do is like reduce like how badly I react react to that stuff yeah, so yeah I don't know. I've been trying to like do some meditation and things like that, um, which, uh, you know, it's not been very consistent, but um, has it it helped? Not really. But I mean, it's only been a couple of days, you know, Mm -hmm. so um, uh, like, yeah, I did get chest pains again today. Uh, What I'm trying to do, I I got two weeks leave, which is really good. I took I, I decided to take some leave. It was actually over a month ago. I recognized that I was probably heading towards burnout point. So I, I took two weeks leave, um, which is coming right up. So uh, I am technically on leave now. I have no plans. I'm not going anywhere or doing anything other than probably just like bumming around, like maybe play some games, maybe watch some movies, you know, just kind of chill for a bit, mm-hmm. like give my brain a break. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, again, I don't have any gaming stories. Well, I do in the, in the sense that we played some games tonight ac but we'll talk about that a little bit later but i you know it's probably worth just updating the people that look doing it tough right now you know and uh and we were even even contemplating not not recording tonight that was the the skit at the start when i was recording by myself because we honestly like rob decided to come over here i got a decent drop of whiskey and we decided to partake Mm -hmm. a little bit and just kind of screw around and do a couple of things and funnily enough i put rob to work as soon as he stepped in the door (laughs) yep because I, I needed a big burly man, and since one wasn't available, I used Rob. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Because <laughs> uh, I got a new television. And one of the funny things is that this has happened a few times, and it's not the main television. So we have a big LG television um, in our living room. Mm. And that's the main thing we use to game on and um, watch TV and Netflix and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And I love that TV. Yeah. It's got this great Wiimote thing. Yeah, it's very can, cool. Yeah. Like, the, the remote also acts like a Wiimote in the fact that you don't have to scroll through things, like, with the directional pad. You can just, like, literally point at and click. Yeah. And I love that thing. And um, basically, the old television I had above my monitor, which I used for gaming in the in the um, 
what we call the antiques and collectibles room. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the AC room. Yep. Um, it had too much latency. Like, Rob helped me install that too much great pain and, e- and effort. Because it's a pretty heavy... Like, it was a very a, heavy flat TV. screen, it's yeah. like... Yeah. And I got this thing and I thought I got a good deal on a Sony, you know, and 40 inch. And then, like, we had to screw around to make it fit on the wall mount. And we finally got it up there. Mm-hmm. And I, I wiped it down. I cleaned it. And I went... Yes, Sony, great brand, always fantastic. Mm-hmm. Plugged my retro freak in and yeah. latency. Input lag. There was a lot of input lag on that thing. And if yeah. you ever, and here's a here's a little hack for you, and I hate using that word, mm. but if you ever want to test latency on something, mm. use Mega Man or Rockman because you will know right away if those, if those controls are responsive or not. And I yeah. played that game and I went... I just spent all this time, money, and effort on putting this thing up on my wall, and there's just too much latency for me to enjoy it. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, input lag is, like, the number one thing that people... If you're a gamer out there and you don't know what input lag is, like, you need to know this. Because if you buy a TV and it's got bad input lag, it's going to, like, mess up your time. You're not, you're not mm. going to have fun playing games on it. And this is the thing. It was a Sony, you know, this thing mm. that's meant to go on, you know, pair with the the PS3 and the PS4, and yeah. it just didn't do that. It was my first really, truly terrible time with, a like, a, a Sony product. Yeah. yeah. Especially a Sony television. T- typically, I like, my, my, like, stupid brain is, like, like thinks that well, Sony equals good input lag, but but I mean, good I mean, Sony good is just good quality you know? in general for the most part. Yeah. Like I yeah. I've owned a lot of Sony products in my life, and they've always been pretty good quality for the most part. But it seems that yeah, there are a couple of TVs out there that that aren't that, that do have like bad uh, input lag issues. Yeah. So and I looked it up online, and you can tweak things, but there was no game mode. Yeah. I think. And so what I did, um, I was looking for a TV for ages and ages and ages. Uh, and, but what happened was that my actual uh, Sony television just hung up on the wall mat. I didn't use it because it was kind of useless. Like, it's not connected to a television, so mm. why bother? Yeah, yeah. So eventually, uh, like a couple of weekends ago, Rob came around and helped me get the TV down. I managed to sell it. Mm-hmm. I got a new TV, a little bit more expensive than what I was after, but it had the the correct wall mount size. And, yeah, um, fit the bracket that you've, you've installed. And uh, I tested it before I got it with, with uh, Rockman, Mega Man, mm-hmm. and it worked great. And it didn't have all the inputs that I wanted, mm. um, but damn, this thing played well, and it looks good. Yeah. It yeah. looks really good. So Rob uh, helped me install it, much quicker process. Okay. Sorry, um, keep going. Yep, okay. <laughs> so I've got a bit, of, bit of an abdominal pain, mm. folks, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll press forward. We'll, we'll soldier on through. Mm. Um, so he helped me set it up. We set up the Retro Freak. It looked great. And, of course, one of the first games Rob played while I was putting me to, to bed was River City Ransom. Yeah, I was flicking through your Retro Freak. Um, you got a bunch of games... Um, you know, like what? What do we call it? like flashed onto there? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you put the cartridge in, it flashes, it saves it to the memory. Yeah, and I was like, "Ooh, River City Ransom." That's a game I've heard of, but never spent much time playing. So I fired it up, and yeah, I can. I now totally know why people love that game. That that is a, and we've got to remember this is an eight bit game. That is a good game. It's it's kind of like chibi. Like mm. I would say that it is a better version. Of uh, Double Dragon One and yeah. even Double Dragon Two. It's like someone looked at like the console version of Double Dragon and was like, "We can make this better." Well, yeah, of course we can make it better. We can make it much better. Yeah, so it's got like a good plot with like you know like dialogue. It's got well not good, but it's got a plot. Yeah, with dialogue, it's got <laughs> shops that you can go into. There are RPG elements in this. Yeah, game. Yeah, you got like you got stats. You can open up your character sheet, and there's like all these stats with like the damage that each move you do does. And you also have, like, stamina and, like, different stats like that that you level up as you go. You can get items that increase your stats, like, boot, like sort of uh, buffs and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. And you played it. Uh, we didn't play it together because Rob had actually kind of progressed to a certain point through the game where he didn't want to reset it and let me join. And, you yeah. know, I played it for a bit as well. But it's... Uh, it's not arcadey. Like, you can't, just, you can't just, like, pick up a second controller, hit start, and jump in. Like, no. at the start of the game, it, sell, it says, like, do you want to play one-player or two-player mode? Before it even brings up the title, like, the, mm. the start screen, it asks you, like, do you want to be a one-player or two-player game? So... And- 
It's yeah. got a lot of charm, I want to say, this game. Yes. Like, it's got that Japanese chibi style of, like, you know, like, big kind of, like, what are meant to be muscular men with no necks. Yes. And kind of like that like Elvis hairstyle street gang kind of thing, like, greases. Yeah, they all, it, it's very much in that in that vein of, like, yeah, street punks, uh, the jets and the sharks. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, every every area of the city you go to, it tells you which gang, like, like which, which gang's turf you're on, you know? Like, I think it starts out with generic dudes, and then you progress to, like, the jocks or something like that. So, yeah, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but, like, there's something to that game that makes me want to keep playing. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Like, I never really poked at it much. I own, already owned a copy Mm. on the uh because this is very popular in japan i can't even remember what the japanese name is it's certainly not river city ransom yeah but it was uh it and its sequel and i think there's even a hockey game out there uh for the original famicom and some of those games are on um the mini famicom which i also own and i did play around with for a bit uh Mm. when i first got the console and i knew what it was um, but I didn't play it too much because all the systems were in Japanese. Yeah. And although I can read, it's very slow going. Yes. Like it makes, it really slows down the game when I have to like put my glasses on and go, oh, okay, that's what it says. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, go, I, I get you. This one, what does the next one say? Because like I can read Japanese, but I'm not fast. That's, that's I'm, like, I'm willing to admit that. <laughs> like on one level, it is just a beat em up. But yeah. like when you dig around a bit, you realize there is systems happening. There is like stuff under the hood. Yeah. There's a lot of buffs you can get from like the pharmacy and any door that you see, you can kind of actually just walk yeah, into. Just, like, there's multiple branching paths. paths. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of, I'm actually impressed by this game, knowing when it came out, knowing the era in which it, it was produced. It's really cool. Like, there's very few games from that period that have this kind of like level of thought put into it and like mm, definitely. Com- complexity. Um, so I don't want to oversell it. Like at the end of the day, it's still an eight-bit game. Like you know, it's but it's fun. Yeah. that's the thing. Like we might do a featured game on this at one point yeah, in the future. I, I'd love to play two-player. I think two-player is the way to play this game. Mm. Um, we were playing single-player because yeah, possibly time. we can do it on a real CRT. We'll um, yeah. we'll see. I don't know. I just really like doing the original uh, like cathode ray tube. You know, original old style, big heavy televisions for a lot of these games. Yeah, because it feel feels like more authentic. It would be great if you. I mean, I don't want to like encourage you to spend stupid amounts of money, but but like it would be cool to play mm-hmm. it like on proper hardware as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm fine to play it on the Retron, the Retron Freak. Sorry, uh, yeah, because the real the Retron. <laughs> it was um, it did like there was no like it didn't seem like the emulation was like problematic or anything. It's Not like, at all. No, pretty no, no. like one to one. It is very very much so. It's it's very refined at this point. Yeah. The uh, same cannot be said about the second game you played, which oh, was yeah. the Legendary Axe, which is for the PC <laughs> engine or the Turbo Graphics, take your pick folks, basically the same machine. Yes. Uh what the one of the first 16-bit consoles on the market. Yeah. And this is basically a Raston clone. Yes, I think it's fair to say that that's probably what they were going for was Raston. Um you're a sort of half-naked barbarian with an axe, hence the title. Yep. Uh, and you walk to the right and baddies come at you and you kill them with your axe, you know. There's a lot of bats in this game as well, I see. I hate which. bats. And we've gone over this before, but one of yeah. my all-time most hated thing in any video games is fucking bats. Bats always suck in video because games. Because they move up and down and yep. either left to right or right to left. They have no real fun discernible pattern. They're just annoying. And yes. it's obviously a lack of originality on the programmer's parts. Yeah, that like bobbing. Like everyone who's played an 8-bit or 16-bit game with bats in it knows this is how they work. They, they come from the left or the right of the screen. They bob up and down as they move towards you. They're difficult to get a bead on. And, you know, they're a pain in the ass, basically. And that's the thing. Like, yeah. If I find out who did this originally, the very first bats in the very first video games that did that, mm. I'm going to go back and I'm going to kill your mother, your father, your grandmother, <laughs> your grandfather, everyone in your family so you don't exist. Here's, here's and a- then the next person who does that, I'll do that again until there's no bats in video games ever. You know, it's like the Medusa heads in Castlevania. It's the same thing. It is exactly the same thing. Yeah. But I, I have more of a hatred for bats. Because the Medusa heads, at least, like, they work the same way as bats, but at least it's something slightly original. More yeah. annoying, possibly, but at least slightly original. And this, Whereas like, bats are just bats. And, like, Legendary Axe, they just, like, turn the bats <laughs> dial up to 11. Like, there's, yeah. just, there's just, like, at some point, there's, like, six or seven bats on the screen well, at once. Well, that's the thing, because you have 16 <laughs> bits, right? And, yeah. obviously, a lot of those 16 bits did not go into the sound card. They went into the graphics chip. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, 16 bits, short, you can fit more enemies on screen. And, of course, they were all bats. <laughs> it's not good game. It's not a good game. No, it's one of the launch titles for the Turbo Graphics. I'm not. Don't think it was for Look, the 
It's not a PC engine. It's not a terrible game. It's like a mediocre, kind of like forgettable piece of shit sort yeah. of thing. You know? Yeah, it's very yeah. mediocre. Yeah. Not, not fun at all. And the last game we played tonight, uh, which I have never completed, but I just have an affinity for. Yes. Mega Man X. But we don't have Mega Man X. Mm-hmm. I have Rockman X, and mm-hmm. I have Rockman X 1, 2, and 3. So yeah. I actually have all three of the Rockman X games. The Japanese versions are identical Mm. I, they're just the Japanese versions. Yeah, that game is cool. I'm, I I haven't spent much time with the uh, the 16-bit Mega Man. Mm. You know, um, mainly played uh, you know the the 8-bit series and, and just like got super frustrated with how how difficult they are. <laughs> um, I, I played actually the the Mega Man game I spent most time with is like the Game Boy version. I want to say I'm not sure what I'm not. Sure. There, there are probably multiple Game Boy games. Look- Okay, so for those games, one, two, three, and a lot of four, I basically just cut down versions of the equivalent uh, NES or Famicom right. Rockman Maybe games. with like a few less bosses and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, instead of six levels or eight levels, you got four levels yeah. for the most part. And I, I have most of those games, I think, in one form or another yeah. on Game Boy. Uh, but number five is the good one. Okay. Um, because number five is the one that is basically its own game. It's like an original game for Game Boy, and that made right. it more sought after, and that means it's quite rare today because it was towards the Game Boy's end of life. Yeah, and those those late, those late cycle games are often like a lot better than the exactly. Yeah, so yeah. people covet them, and then they don't sell them, and then thus people think that they're super rare, and they are kind of rare, but not like probably as rare as you think. Sure, but yeah, Mega Man X is good. I like. There's something it's. You can tell immediately they were going for something more cinematic, but also more like arcadey. You know, like it's still the same. Like it's still pretty much the same gameplay, but like it looks more arcadey. Like the, it's faster. Yeah. Like you got the you got the the mega blaster. The sorry, like the charge blast. Yeah, and it just works right out of the gate. Mm. Like you you just know what you're doing. You know, there's kind of like a, a like a a a, a prelog. Yes. To the game. Yeah. Before you get into the main area where you have to choose your enemy, like you kind of got to defeat someone and this mysterious robot rescues you. Apparently, you're fairly unrelated to the original Mega Man of the uh, 8-bit systems. Right. So this thing works really well. Yes. It's, yeah. a, just a, it's just a good game. It's a good-ass platformer. Yeah, and I, I sort of found myself enjoying it more. And this is going to make people hate my guts. But I kind of enjoyed it more than the eight bit Mega Man, and I think I think that's just because it seems it seems more approachable. Well, you and I didn't grow up on the original Mega Man yeah. or Rock Man. See, I, we like, don't have that reverence for those games. I, don't. I have no, I have zero reverence for Mega Man. Like, we we could probably yeah. go back and say, oh yeah, Alex gets a better better game than that. Oh. And objectively, that's not true. Yes, objectively, that's that's false. That's but- completely false. But we just. We just grew up with Alex yeah. Kidd and we just enjoy those games. We were like messed up Sega kids like everyone in Europe <laughs> and, and Brazil. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Boy, were we messed up. Yeah, like for the while the rest of the world was like enjoying like Nintendo stuff, we were like, Sega's good. <laughs> um, point me on the point to where on this Alex Kidd doll Sega touched you. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, our, our opinions on, the, on that era are a bit skewed. But I think it gives us a unique opinion because we don't have reverence for, for Nintendo in the same way most people do. Like, we're we're prepared to, like, give a critical eye to Nintendo in a way that a lot of people don't. Um, people think that Mega Man 2 is the best one. Like, I played yeah. Mega Man 1 and it's fairly, I'm not going to say unplayable, but you get to a certain point where you just go... Why am I doing this to myself? Like, mm. if I had this back in the 80s and I had infinite time, I could see why. Yeah. But I don't have that, and fuck this game. I've watched people do, like, like long plays of that. Yeah. Of that game, and, like, you know, beat it. And, yeah, there are there are sections there are sections of, of, of the first Mega Man that are just, like, literally dickish. Like, it's just... This game is just because the, giving you the middle finger. Yeah. Um, and I... You know, I admit I'm just not that good at video games, mm. particularly this style of video game. I love Twitch games and I love platformers mm. and stuff, but at, at a certain point, if it stops being fun, then yeah. I'm going to stop playing. And that yeah. does happen with a lot of Mega Man games to a certain extent. Yeah, there's a sense that like some of the challenge in those early Mega Man games is not necessarily because the game's well designed and they're pushing your limits of like how to like manage the gameplay and stuff. It's more just like this particular section is just fucked and like you just have to get through it you know like it's not it's not like clever or like challenging it's just 
difficult because they've made some bad design choices. Do you know what I mean? Or like exactly, yeah. And, or like, and a lot, of, and a lot of the reasons that these things are hard is because mm. the the um, the people who made and produced the game played these levels so much that they became so good at in particular like mm. particular sections of the game. Mm. They think, oh, we'll just leave it in there like a challenge like this. And then the only reason they did that is because they they designed it and they knew where everything was coming from and they got so good at it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a common story in those 80s platformers is yeah. like the people making the game are just kind of in like a bit of a bubble where they don't realize that what they've created is, is a monstrosity. And a, lot of the, um, and a lot of the chess players were also really good at games and they mm-hmm. just went, oh, this is good, this is bad, this needs maybe a bit of arcing up towards the end Yeah, if you want people to get their money's worth because money back then was time, not so much enjoyment. I think the other problem that I have is like, and I think you probably, I mean, I'm interested to see whether you agree with me or not, but like, uh, like on some level, like, I mean, I have the, I have the ability to get good at a platformer. Yeah. Like I can sit down with a hard platformer and just you can force myself it. to get good at it. Yeah. But that process is not necessarily always fun. No. And like, there are some games where I just don't want to bother. No. You know, like, like I can see that if I spend the time and work hard, I can get better at this. But am I enjoying this game enough to make that worth it? And like, increasingly, I just... That bar is too high for me. Like, And there's also, especially as someone like me, mm. who is a retro gamer at heart, but is obviously, and a lot of people have pointed this out, you know, I've been dipping my toe into more PC games, more Switch games, more PS4 games. Yeah. I'm becoming less of a retro gamer, more of a just a gamer, like a, just a general person. I might not be mm. great at video games, but I just enjoy playing them. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I think like... And I yeah. just, you know, there are so many video games out there, past, present, and future, that if something, you know, I like a challenge, hmm. but if something is just being, you know, obviously dickish, then I'm just going to go, no. Yeah. No, no. And, no, and just, that's much more better common. to do with my time. It's much more common in the old games than the modern ones. Like, there are certain areas in Dark Souls where I felt like, I was like, this feels like they just made a bad design choice, rather than like, this is a deliberate challenge. You know, like, okay, one thing that, so, okay, let me just try and phrase this properly. So, one thing that old games used to do a lot that I think we can all agree in 2018 is shitty design is placing the checkpoint very far away from the boss. Yeah. So that you get up to the boss, you die, then you you have to go back and not just fight the boss again, but also progress through like a pain in the ass section of the level. And like on one level you could say, well, that's just old school difficulty. That's just that old school gaming fun, you know, but Dark Souls does that a few times and it ended up just being like frustrating to me. Like it ended up just annoying me because, okay, like there's a, there's, there's, there's one boss, like there's this gargoyles on this roof for this church. And like, you know, if you know how to play the game, you beat them pretty quickly. But if you're just playing it for the first time, like they can be pretty hard and you'll die a few times. But every time you die, the nearest checkpoint is like very far away and you have to like fight your way back to the gargoyles every time. And that process, it ceases to be challenging because at some point you just master it. You're just like, okay, I know how to fight these skeletons and these whatnots to get up to the gargoyles. And, and, And it's not like this fun challenge. It's just this like putting you through the paces, like making you do busy work to get back to the point where you, where the real challenge is. And like, I find it really hard. I'd love to have a debate with someone who wants to defend this design choice. But to me, that's not old school difficulty, like fun, you know, like remember when games were hard? No. Yeah. Because there was a transitional point between console and arcade. And that's what a lot of people fail to recognize. Yeah. Old school places, old school games. Mm. Um, we're in this weird transitional period where you still played a lot of arcade games. You yeah. went home. And this game is good, but it's not an arcade game. It's it's not one to one. You know, it's yeah. uh, like even in the sixteen bit era, it still wasn't as good as the arcade. Yeah, yeah, you could always pop more quarters or dollars or fifty cents or whatever you want in there. Yeah, and that transitional period, and you know, you could obviously experiment a lot more with home consoles. Yeah, but at some point, they just went. No, people aren't enjoying or buying these types of games anymore. Mm. The The obvious solution to me is that if you defeat a certain amount of enemies in a, in a way that's almost perfect or mm. in a less amount of time, 
that should be your new checkpoint. Yeah, you shouldn't have to repeat yeah. sections like, of the game. If, if you're not good at it, maybe you should repeat because obviously you're not going to defeat the boss. But if you get through and like you defeat yeah. in a certain amount of time or like in a you know with a certain amount of health left, they should go, okay, yeah, yeah, you've, you've got this. You got this. Yeah. Here's your new checkpoint. And like, I think nobody does that. It's a really, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of phasing into just whinging about Dark Souls, but I think now that I've opened this, I need to kind of like discuss it properly because people are going to be upset if I don't like give this like topic it's fair like a fair kind of like analysis because like yeah like the consensus in 2018 is that you put the checkpoint right before the boss so that if you die on the boss you start right before the boss and you get to fight the boss again right that's just what games do now yeah and like by and large that's a good way of doing it's good model even like Mega Man X which we played today if you still have some lives on the clock before you have to continue Mm. that's where you start from yeah and like I get I get the argument that what Dark Souls was doing was like kind of throwing that convention out like out the window and saying look yeah this is how games are made in 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 like 2013 or whenever that game came out but like we're not doing that we're gonna like we're gonna make something that's like challenging and like you know difficult yeah and I get that but I feel like putting a checkpoint like significantly far away from where a boss is you're really you're really pushing it you have to really like convince me that that's a good that that's a good design choice because if that section of gameplay leading up to the boss is not fun like you're gonna you're gonna master it it's not gonna be challenging anymore and it's just gonna be like an extra 20 minutes of your life that's being wasted before you can fight the boss that you're having trouble with, you know? And, and here's the thing, Robbie, yeah. they probably will put that checkpoint in there, but you can, they're going to charge you money for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, these, well, that's the real 2018 shit is like, yeah, you know, exactly. Use the second currency to like, if you buy 30 gold, mm-hmm. we'll let you start there for uh, the, only five. I say the best deal is if you buy a hundred gold <laughs> oh boy, or even a thousand gold. That's even, it's a better deal. You know, you know, if you, you go to the programmer's house and threaten them with a knife, they'll probably give you all the fucking gold you want. So, look, that's my complaint. Do that. No, don't do that. That's my complaint do about that. Dark Souls. Do that. And a lot, of, a lot of my issues with that game, because I, I have fondness for that game. I respect that game. And I kind of, in retrospect, look back on my time with that game with fondness. But I remember th- you were so impressed by it at the time. You were considering putting it in your top five of all time. It's just, it does enough things wrong. Yeah. That, yeah. And, like, I, I'm, I'm standing by this. If they're not, it's not challenging design choices. They're just f- wrong. Yeah, they just they just messed up at some points. They just did bad bad ideas. And you know, know some people might disagree with you, mm. but the thing is, like once again, adult gamers, twenty eighteen. Mm. You know, we got a kid each. Yeah. yeah, we just don't have that amount of time. And mm. I don't mind admitting saying, yeah, I played this on easy mode to beat it because I want to see the game. I yeah. don't have the time to be challenged and keep going back my last my last thing i'll say and this is in fairness to people who want to sort of like you know disagree with me is that like part of the challenge of dark souls part of what makes the game difficult and what makes it fun in a way is that like a lot of the times that you die it's because you are rushing you know because the game requires you to play it in a very deliberate careful way yeah we execute every move perfectly and if you get frustrated with the game if you get pissed off at it and you try to rush back to where you where you were when you died, you can die. And the game punishes you doubly for doing that. Like, it kind of, like, slaps you again for rushing. And so, like, you could argue that, oh, like, the, the, that Gargoyle's boss and the fact that the checkpoint is, like, so far away is just an example of, like, that particular design choice where they're, like, trying to make you frustrated, trying to make you get pissed off. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, punishing you for being pissed off but i still stand by my point that like you can master that sequence pretty easily and as long as you're not like you know stupidly rushing through it it's not challenging no fair enough anyway that's all i've got to say about pattern recognition so mega man x i think we're talking about a while ago um that game's pretty cool it's kind of flashy it is very flashy and it really like the what a lot of people forget is that there is actually mega man's or rockman 7 Mm. on the super Nintendo Super Famicom. Okay, and that's a different game. It is a very different game. Uh, it's very similar, but it is very different. Mm. Uh, I prefer the X games just because, once again, I love the flashiness. I just love the the way that it controls. Yeah, the arcadey kind of look to it. I yeah. have all the Mega Man's one, two, three, four, five, six on Famicom and seven. I have Rockman Soccer, mm. which is actually a game, and I've got to admit, kind of fun. Might actually be a featured game in the future. And uh, X-Men... Sorry, Rockman 
X 1 and 2 and 3. And I've never finished any of these games, but I love playing them just because I love a platformer. Yeah. I'm just... At one stage, uh, you know, my life just keeps taking control. Yeah, it does. And uh, with that note, we hope you've enjoyed listening to Game Life Balance Australia, the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. We're a part of the Gunner Geek Network. We are. Those are a bunch of cool cats. That's right. And if you want to listen to some podcasts that are potentially... I want to say better than ours, but like no, no, know. no. Let's let let's not sell ourselves short. I on reckon on a par, on a par, yeah, you know, you know, like, like better podcasting, you know. Yes, better podcasting is a good podcast. Um, game life, balance you us. Game life balance us. Wait a minute. I don't think I don't remember authorizing those. Has someone stolen our idea, AC? What a pack of cunts! I stand by that comment. Yeah, me too. No. Uh, if you li- if you listen to both of us recently, um, I gave um, our good friends Cody and his new wife Casey a wedding present, uh, belated, yeah. oh, by about six months. But basically, I got a uh, North American version of Legend of Zelda, ripped the label off. Mm-hmm. That was the hardest part of this entire process, actually. <laughs> Those labels are fucking stuck on there. That I glue needed, is like... Uh, I needed a literal la- razor blade to cut into the plastic to get it off, <laughs> to make it even. Wow. I uh, commissioned a good friend of mine, Misha, mm-hmm. um, in Sydney. And uh, she's Chikoris underscore at mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very good artist. She does a lot of great uh, Rimuko Takahashi um, characters. Mm. And I got her to commission what how Cody proposed to Casey right with the on movie her birthday billboard. with the movie billboard and everything like that. And I actually got that onto an NES cart, the exact same size of the label, and sent it to them. Mm-hmm. And then I was fucking worried that they never received it because he never mentioned it until his last podcast. Right, and then okay. I realized that he kind of played me a little bit. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but he was very grateful, and I'm I, I'm just grateful that he got it and um, Great. that he liked it. You know, it's, yeah, uh, it's nice that you do that. You go to efforts. I wish I did that sometimes for people, but no, it's you know, like we make fun of the Americans a lot, yeah, um, because they kind of deserve it. <laughs> they really don't, though. <laughs> they don't. On some level, they do, but on some on another, they, mostly they don't. No. They're they're actually good people who are trying to do good things, and they contacted us out of nowhere. Mm. And we played them like a bunch of xylophones. <laughs> yeah. But we love them. We really do. And yeah. I'm very grateful that they appreciated the present that they they received. Yeah, like if it's not clear from our like all the jibes we make, like this I, I genuinely how, have no ill will towards them and I really do wish them Australians the best. Australians <laughs> show affection yeah. and that's terrible. Yes. It's like like hyper masculinity <laughs> shit from like Paul Hogan in the nineteen eighties. Yeah. That's not a knife. I'm gonna break this snake's neck. Fuck you. Yeah. Yep. We are like one of the more and it's funny me saying this because I'd like definitely buck the trend, but we are probably like after Spain, probably the second most macho country in the world. Um, it's not good. It's not. No. It's not really. We're not like that in reality at all. We're not a dangerous country. We like to think that we're all like macho because of the snakes, and but there aren't yeah. no snakes. We, we don't invite snakes into our home. Sometimes they knock on the door, which yeah. is a true story. But apparently, if you if you watch enough, in. if you watch enough sport and read enough books about like the Australian experience in World War Two, apparently that makes you a real hard ass. God. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, yeah. thank you for listening to Game Life Balance Australia. Uh, give Game Life Balance US a bit of a checkout because they're doing more retro stuff than we are at the moment, which yeah. is fucking amazing, really. Yeah, they do some great work, so do listen to that, their stuff. You want to learn about 16-bit gaming, they're, uh, they're taking a deep dive in that right now. Yeah, so. just don't do, don't do Earthbound. Apparently, according to Cody, that game sucks. <laughs> fucking sucks, man. <laughs> Um, follow me on Twitter at ProdTally. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Chad is... Look, I don't want to say amputee because he hasn't lost that leg yet. Mm-hmm. He tried to gnaw through it. I'm not happy with that <laughs> gnawing. i got to say, we're going to have to take his teeth next. Yeah, I think we're going to have to. Yeah. I just, like, seriously, dude. Like, you're our intern. Mm-hmm. Sit there. Fire off the tweets. Yeah, make us sandwiches and do tweets and don't 
don't bloody try and escape. Yeah, seriously, don't do it again, dude. Because you yeah, that that leg, that other arm. Yep, mm-hmm. there's more where that came. from. You think from. your life is tough now, man? Like we can make it way worse. Yeah, yeah, dentures, but like inside out, where the teeth are pointing into your gum. Think about that, Chad. While you're editing this podcast, you little prick. Yeah, fuck you, Chad. You <laughs> piece of crap. And he is at GLB Australia <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, please rate us and give us a positive review. And don't turn us in for, like, you know, abuse on... Yes. I was going to say Twitter, but I read just, just any service otherwise, no. social media. No, no chats were harmed in the making of this episode. No, no, no chat. Chat doesn't even exist. <laughs> Pipe down, Chad. I just closed that trap door.